0: Good morning. You are listening to Resource Centre with me, Audrey Raj. It is that time of the year again, folks. It is appraisal season. Companies around the world are beginning to or have begun to undertake the process of rating employees on the past year's performance. Now, on the show today, we're going to be talking about the 360-degree feedback system, which has become the go-to for some organizations in their evaluations process. Now, when done properly, the 360 feedback system is a a highly effective development tool. It allows for anonymous feedback to a co-worker and feedback recipients get to gain insights into how others perceive them, giving them the opportunity to adjust their behaviours and develop skills that will enable them to do better at their jobs. But it can also be used in the wrong way or for the wrong reasons. And Claudia here is going to help us understand how to avoid these pitfalls and use this tool more effectively in the workplace. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, My name is Claudia Cadena, and I founded Thread Advisory four years ago. I have been working with entrepreneurs, board of directors, CEOs, and CHROs, supporting them in either building or growing a performance-oriented culture and enabling them to attract, retain, and motivate their talent. I also support employees from top management to senior and emerging leaders all the way down to entry-level employees, towards enhancing their self-awareness and building their leadership capabilities through workshops or through individual leadership coaching. So that's a little bit of who I am and what I do.
0: Claudia, thank you for joining us on the show today.
1: Thanks for inviting me again, Audrey. Very happy to be here today talking about 360 Feedback.
0: Now, um, Claudia, for those who are not familiar with the 360-degree feedback system, maybe you can give us a one-on-one into what it entails, what the process is like.
1: Yeah. Uh, The 360 feedback is a mechanism that intends to enhance employees' self-awareness around what their strengths and their areas for improvement are in their current role. Now, this is done by gathering feedback from those working with the employees at all levels within the organization. So people like their bosses, their peers, their direct reports, And even the employee himself or herself participates in the process. So as an employee, what you get out of the 360 feedback tool is a view of your own perception of your strengths and areas for improvement in contrast with the perception of others around those strengths and areas for improvement. And ultimately, the objective of gathering this comparative perception is to allow employees to reflect how others perceive them so that they can in turn enhance their self-awareness and adjust their behaviors so that they create a better working relationship and improve their effectiveness at work. So this in a nutshell is what 360 Feedback intends to achieve for people that use it and for organizations as well.
0: Claudia, uh, what would you say are the main benefits or the major benefits of using this this system over some of the other options that are available today?
1: Um, there are many, many benefits. I will say the most significant are related to the fact that, first of all, 360 feedback allows for multiple inputs other than the input from your boss to be gathered. So inputs from your peers, from your direct reports, from your internal customers, and your own inputs are consolidated um, so that you understand how they perceive you and how they perceive your effectiveness in your, in your role what are their strengths and what are the areas for improvements that you can work on. So that's one benefit. The second benefit um, that 360 feedback generates is that it enables employees to enhance their self-awareness. It will help employees to understand what behaviors support their effectiveness at work and what behaviors they need to improve so that they can strengthen that effectiveness. So self-awareness um, is a very important benefit of this tool. Now, Thirdly, I think if if the tool is used regularly, it will enable employees and the organizations as well to ascertain the progress that has been made in building that effectiveness as a leader or as a team member. So it provides you a a historical progression of how you are moving in your role in, in the organization as well. So that, I will say, are the three most important benefits of the 360 feedback.
0: Now, is this tool a good idea for larger organizations, Claudia? You know, I know uh, we use uh, the 360 feedback uh, here at BFM, but we're not really a a large or or saturated organizations. uh, so, So, you know, it kind of feels like it's easier to manage. But would this be a good idea for larger organizations?
1: Absolutely, Audrey. I think the the, the 360 feedback is a tool that can be used in organizations of every single size. Um, Having said that, obviously, when you are a larger organization, there are challenges that you have to deal with, and it is the amount of data that is being generated, right? So that's where technology plays a very important part. How can we automate the process to make it efficient, and to make it relevant. In fact, I have introduced 360 degree mechanisms for multinational organizations working in different countries, different continents. So it's it's applicable for every type of organization. I I have worked with organizations that are as small as 80 employees and organizations are large as 100,000 employees deploying these type of mechanisms.
0: Hmm. Now, I also understand that the 360 feedback system can be abused or it can be misused. Um, When did you realize that there was a flaw in the process?
1: Um, Let me maybe first allow me to acknowledge that there may be misconceptions from employees about how 360 feedback can be abused, Um, if it is used as a tool by people that maybe don't like us, eh, and then maybe we think that they are going to give negative feedback about ourselves. But I think these misconceptions are not necessarily correct. And I think in itself, 360 feedback is a mechanism that collects input from a variety of people working with us. And the results are aggregated in order to form a full picture of who we are and how are we perceived by others. So if you think about it naturally, There will always be positive aspects of ourselves that are identified as well as aspects that are perceived requiring improvement. So I will say the misconception or or we ourselves as employees are the ones who need to work around understanding that we need to internalize the feedback received. We need to understand the feedback collected rather than think that the tool can be abused. So I would say rather and there are certain things that we should try and do to make sure that the system is adequately used so that it is effective. So maybe I would like to focus on that and identify some of the things that we can do to make it work better.
0: Okay, so what are the things that we can do to, to make uh, 360 work better in our organizations?
1: Yeah, so... Let me give you the top things that I think are important. When we are working on the 360 feedback, we need to first and foremost identify the feedback providers. That means the people that will be giving feedback on your behaviors and your performance. So if the wrong feedback providers are selected, for example, they may not know the person well, or they may have not worked enough with the person. So the feedback provider obviously will not be in a position to give feedback about the individual's performance or the individual's behaviors. So the output then may not be valuable or sufficient for the employee. So what's critical is first of all to select the right feedback providers who have had frequent interactions with the employee so that the feedback that is collected is based on actual experiences from the feedback providers about this employee. So that's one very critical aspect to make it work well. The second aspect that we need to make sure gets considered is maybe not enough feedback providers are selected for each employee. Now, when we put in place the feedback mechanism, What we want is to make sure that feedback is gathered from a variety of perspectives. That's why it's called 360. You gather inputs from the bosses, from the peers, from the subordinates, right? So if you don't select the right amount of people, then the output of the feedback may not be shared openly because we wanna protect the confidentiality of those giving feedback. So if you don't have enough feedback providers, the organization will end up having to aggregate all the feedback from everybody into a single output. And that prevents the employee from the richness of the data that can be gathered. If you could see how your peers see you against how your direct reports see you, against how your supervisors see you. So the more feedback providers we select, the better it is, as long as they have worked closely with you. And thirdly, I will say, In in the other side of the coin, if we keep on choosing the same feedback providers for many, many employees, so suddenly I am burdened with having to give feedback on 50 people. Just imagine that. I'm a busy leader. I'm a busy person. And suddenly, HR tells me, well, now you have to give feedback on 50 people. What will I do as a feedback provider? I have two choices. I rather just going through the process like on autopilot or I may choose not to participate altogether. So HR needs to, again, make sure that they work with as many people as possible, encouraging them to give feedback on the employees so that we spread the responsibility as much as possible. That, I will say, are the top three things that we as organization, as and as HR leaders can do to make sure that we make the best use of the 360 tool to help employees improve their self-awareness.
0: All right. Uh, thank you for that, Claudia. We are going to take a quick break for some messages, but more on the 360-degree feedback uh, evaluation system when we come back. Stay tuned to Resource Center BFM 89.9. Spanish Feudal Mentality, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. And we're back. You are listening to Resource Center with Audrey Raj. I have on the line with me today Claudia Cadena from Thread Advisory, and we are discussing the 360-degree feedback system. Now, the 360 um, feedback system is a highly effective uh, development tool when used properly. And just before the break, uh, Claudia was talking to us about the 101 into what the process entails, how it could be really beneficial in your organization if used properly, of course, and um, also some of the preconditions that we need to think about before introducing the 360 feedback system in uh, organizations. But uh, now, Claudia, I want to focus on um, designing... a good questionnaire, you know, because the weightage of certain responsibilities, you know, output versus time, uh, things like that, as well as, you know, like you mentioned before the break, choosing the right people to provide this feedback to you, all of these uh, play a critical role in ensuring the most optimal uh, appraisal process. So maybe you can talk to us about what we need to think about when designing uh, these questionnaires um, and, you know, if you have any advice on this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The questionnaire is perhaps the most important aspect for the success of the output. If we don't ask the right questions, obviously the output is not going to enable us to help employees improve their self-awareness and build their capabilities. So having a good questionnaire is very, very critical. So let me share with you my assumptions and my sort of high level guiding principles when I work with organizations devising a a questionnaire. The first thing, as always, let's start with the end in mind. Organizations need to be very clear about what is the purpose of this 360 feedback mechanism that they are putting in place. Is it about capability development of their people? Is it about improving their performance? Or is it about enhancing their self-awareness? When we know what exactly is it that we want to achieve, we are in a much better position to develop questions that will enable us to gather the right information and make the relevant analysis so that we can then share that information with the employee and build as an organization the right development and growth opportunities for our employees. So that's step number one. If you have that clear, then the next step will be to really understand What type of questions do you want to ask? And these questions need to be describing observable behaviors. Each question needs to be very concise and in a very clear manner describe observable behaviors that can be either changed or improved with the right interventions and the right development opportunities. If you ask generic questions that in principle cannot be actionable, then the output of that question will have no meaning for me as an employee or for you as an organization to support the employee. Thirdly, and this is my personal opinion, I will avoid describing values or beliefs. And it's a tricky subject, and it's, a, and it's subject for debate. But in my opinion, it's imperative that we avoid including questions around values or beliefs. As this Can you give us aspect, a,
0: an example? Can you give us an example, yeah. Claudia?
1: Yeah. For example, if you talk about building trust and ethics, these are things that are very much inherent traits, and in more cases will not change. You either build trust or you destroy trust, but you cannot be taught how to how to build trust or how to have ethical behaviors. You either are an ethical person or an unethical person. So when we start talking about values and beliefs, it's very, very difficult for, even for me as, an, as a feedback provider, um, I will feel very uncomfortable talking about these values and behaviors. These are things that perhaps have to be addressed in a very different manner through other HR systems and not through the 360 feedback mechanism. But that's a very personal view. I know that there are other professionals who believe that, yeah, we can ask about values and beliefs. I just simply don't think this is the right avenue to to deal with the way somebody displays these values or beliefs in the organization and in the interactions. Now, another aspect that you may want to think about is what I will call the behavioral qualifiers. In our eagerness to write very good sentences, we, we say things like, Have solid understanding of whatever or have comprehensive knowledge of. Now, when I'm a feedback provider, I generally don't know whether you have comprehensive knowledge or something or if you have solid understanding of something. I just see you using that knowledge or that understanding in your interaction and your advice with me. So I will advise organizations to use simple language that is action oriented rather than qualifier-based because it will be much easier for me as a a feedback provider to understand a simple action-oriented question than a qualifying question around how solid your knowledge is or how comprehensive your knowledge is and related to that also is about what we describe in that question i will say i would rather describe an output rather than an input for example, I wouldn't say have solid understanding of team building or solid understanding of uh, em- empowering employees to make mistakes. I will say in a in a better way that this em- does this employee create a safe environment for employees to learn. So that's much more action oriented uh, rather than just having the knowledge or, or or doing something to get this done.
0: Right. Claudia, I, I also want to ask you about um, feedback systems or questionnaires that involve uh, ratings. Um, so one out of five, um, you know, because I always have trouble with, with things like that. Do you have any uh, tips on that?
1: Yes, great, great question, Audrey. In fact, um, this perhaps is, again, some of the most contentious aspects of building a strong questionnaire. And it is the the way that the feedback provider will answer the questions. And there's so many different rating scales in the market. Uh, We've gone from a 10 rating scale to a three point rating scale. So the spectrum is very wide and the different rating scales are used for very different reasons. In my opinion, we have to create a rating scale that first is easy to understand. So as a rater, I need to understand what exactly am I rating? And I also need to know that each rating is sort of aligned with a particular characteristic of this individual. So I give you an example um, of what I think is appropriate. I like the rating scale to be aligned to what I call consistency of demonstration of behaviors. When when you are asked a question as a feedback provider, what you want to be able to do is to think through how is this individual demonstrating a particular behavior? Is this consistently demonstrated or is this done in an infrequent manner? Because what we want to know is, is this individual able to demonstrate that behavior on a constant basis? or once in a while, or never. So as a feedback provider, that's very easy to observe and to articulate. And if you look at at, at a different rating scale, which I disagree with, is a scale that talks about agreement. So in certain questionnaires, they'll ask you strongly agree, agree, somewhat agree, disagree, or strongly disagree.
0: Yeah. if you think yes. about
1: the question, The question is about what is it that you are doing? Are you demonstrating it? So you see now how selecting the right rating scale will be a determining factor of how successful the the tool is applied.
0: Yes, yes.
1: If I could make another um, sort of note on the rating scale. Sure. Um, Our rating scales are also designed sometimes to enable our biases or our inability to rate properly um, to come into play. So what do I mean Mm. by that? In certain cases, we have a rating scale that has five points. And so we have like the central tendency. If people are not comfortable giving feedback and people don't understand how the feedback will be used, they most likely will use the center point because it's not either good or bad. So they they take the safe approach and do it in the middle. So I will advise against a a rating scale that has the central point defined so that we, in a way, indirectly force our feedback providers to take a stand. Does this person do it right or does this person does not do it right or adequately? Mm.
0: Mm. Very interesting point there, Claudia. Is there anything else that we need to be thinking about when designing uh, the questionnaire?
1: I will lastly say um, many organizations love to put this qualitative uh, question, meaning you have already ticked all the boxes, and suddenly they allow you the opportunity to write anything else that you may want to say about this employee. Some feedback providers are really prolific and will write an entire page on feedback, additional comments that can be used. That can be um, a double-edged sword it's great to allow employees to provide additional inputs that can be considered. But if we are going to do that, I think as organizations, we need to be very clear about how do we use that feedback. You cannot simply ask for that feedback and then ignore it. We need to be able to compile it. We need to be able to determine whether that feedback is just a one-off comment or is it a common theme across all the feedback providers for this individual. And then we need to make sure that we are able to report it back and give it to the employee so that the employee can reflect about the feedback received and consider it in order to improve their effectiveness. So let's make sure that if we are opening that ability to to give qualitative inputs, that as an organization, we are ready to process that data and manage it effectively.
0: All right. Now, I guess uh, equipped with um, these guiding uh, principles, we can now embark uh, on drafting a 360 feedback a questionnaire that will be optimal for our organizations. Um, just one more thing before uh, I let you off the hook, uh, Claudia. Um, do you have any advice on how organizations can Effectively use this tool this year. I know we've spent most of this year and and last year, you know, either working from home or on rotation away from our teams, uh, or maybe on a flexible uh, working model where maybe we didn't have that much access or interaction with our teammates. So it's now appraisal season, and we are using the three hundred and sixty feedback system. How do we ensure we provide balanced and fair feedback considering uh, the changed working conditions during this pandemic?
1: I think that's a great question, Audrey, and a question that all of us as leaders need to reflect on. I always kept on emphasizing to my clients that remote working um, is only something that we need to consider in terms of physical presence. But at the end of the day, when organizations start understanding that what matters is the output, It doesn't really matter where you are, how close you are to the individual or how far away you are from them. Because as employees, our responsibility is to deliver an output, is to make sure that we generate impact. And that is possible in the office or remotely. So I will say that's the most important aspect that we need to think about. What was the contribution of this individual? What was the output generated? What type of behaviors were displayed even remotely? Because you can be accessible remotely or you can be accessible when you are in the office. You can be equally accessible or equally unaccessible remotely or uh, working next to each other. So I, I want people to stop thinking about remoteness as the one thing that will prevent us from giving adequate 360 feedback on people. Talk about output, talk about impact. And if we focus on those two things, we will obviously be able to apply the 360 feedback um, tool and mechanism effectively to make sure that our employees continue building their self-awareness and continue building their effectiveness in their role and working for the organization in the way it is expected of them.
0: On that note, Claudia, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Uh, if our listeners out there would like to get in touch with you or would like more information uh, on the work you do uh, at Thread Advisory, how can they reach you?
1: Well, they can always email me. My email address is claudia at thread-advisory.com. They can all, also visit the website at www thread-advisory.com and I will be happy to support them in their efforts around either building or deploying the 360 feedback mechanism within their organizations.
0: Right. Once again, thank you so much for joining us today, Claudia. I've been speaking with Claudia Cadena from Thread Advisory. And if you missed it on any part of this show, you can go look for the podcast on our website. That's bfm.my. You can also find all our podcasts on the BFM app. That's available on the Apple App Store and on Google Play. More on Resource Center for you next week. But till then, this is Audrey Raj for Enterprise BFM 89.9.